0: If you have your Bibles, if you would please open them, to, open them up to John chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 30, one verse uh, in that chapter today, and then we'll dive into some other verses. But John chapter 3, verse 30. And so you guys, we've been on a series for the past couple weeks that we're calling I Am Second. I Am Second. The title of our message today is called First First, okay, so everybody's got to do this first with me. Raise your right hand up and use your pointy finger like this. Not the one that we use in Miami to say hi to everybody in traffic. Not that one. Our pointy finger, all right? And everybody say, first, God. That's the title of our message today. First, God. And so hopefully as you put your pointy finger like this, it points to God. It's not like this. First, God, okay? And I'm going to ask you to do this throughout the message. I'm going to say, okay, show it. And you're going to go like this. First God. And hopefully this week you'll remember this message. It'll stay with you as first God. First God. So we've been in this series, I Am Second. And in this series, the first week was really cool because we talked about how it ain't about you. I don't know if you guys remember that and we talked about how how we can how do we flesh this out how do we make life not about us and we put ourselves in the right place which is that i am second and so the three things that we talked about was to change our focus to not keep our focus so much on ourselves but on god and then we also talked about loosening our grip, holding our stuff a little bit, our, our stuff a little bit looser, not holding on so hard to things. And then the last point we talked about was about losing our lives. If we want to become second and put God in His right place and really un- and embrace this idea that it is not about us, it's about Him, that we have to do these things. And then last week Nick came up. Didn't he do a great job, you guys? It's here for him. He brought it. Nick brought it last uh, Sunday, and he talked about how we're stuck in the middle. And he looked at, we looked at the life of Elijah and how he decided the only way to get unstuck was to become second. And as he became second, God started ordering things in his life for him. And so I thought that was really cool. So I wanted to start off, we're going to continue in the series about I am second with first God by asking this question. How many of you guys know someone that they think they know it all? Raise your hand. Don't look at the person next to you. Don't look at the person next to you. Okay, you can put your hands down. I'm going to ask this other question. It's going to require a little more bravery. And this question is, how many of you say, I don't think I know it all. I know it all. Raise your hand. All right, I got one hand over here. I got one hand. I got I got a few honest people in the house. Nobody in this section, no takers. I see some elbows going on, like, you better put your hand up. Okay, okay, you can put your hand down. Well, this message is for all. All of you that think you know and all the rest of us as well. First, God, I heard a story about a guy who walked up to a house, and he knocked on the door, and the lady answered, and the lady um, opened the door. She saw the guy with, her head down, with his head down, and he, she's like, Can I help you? And he was like, Yeah, well, um, I was wondering if you could help out for this family that the dad lost his job and the kids haven't eaten today and they don't have money to pay the rent. And so if you could help out, that would be great. And the lady was like, oh, sure, I would love to. Who who are you? And He said, I'm the landlord. So even though he wanted to make it not about him, it really was about him. He was trying to make himself second. He really wasn't making himself second. He was making himself first. And it's so hard in our society to fight this thought that it's not about us, that we are not first. But God calls us into this invitation, into this journey to make it not about us, but to put first, God in our lives, and to make us second. I just got back from Cuba a few weeks ago on a mission trip, and I was scrolling through some pictures that I have, and there's one that's going to come up on the big screen. And who's the first person I look for, you guys? Me! (laughs) Even though I went to Cuba, and I am looking, and it's kind of blurry. I know it is. I, I did that on well, I don't know if the person who took the picture, but I picked that one on purpose. I know because I was like, look for me, look for me. You can't see me, right? That's the same thing I did. And I go to Cuba, and I'm like trying to help the people in Cuba and trying to help, you know, the leaders and the followers of Jesus there to follow God and be selfless and be second. And, but what am I doing as I'm looking at this picture? I'm looking for moi, and I don't see myself, so I just keep scrolling really fast, and then when I find a picture of myself, if it's not a good angle, I say, oh, that picture's bad. We got to take another picture because that picture's bad, right? And so as much as we want to say it's not about us, first it's God and then us, it's so hard in our culture in our in our everyday life we get bombarded with these thoughts of always thinking about ourselves and so today i want to invite us into a journey where jesus calls us to be counterculture and he says i am second and i want to teach you how to be second let's look at john chapter 3 verse 30 he says he, this is John the Baptist talking, okay? He says, he must become greater, and I must become less. He must become greater, and I must become less. Can everybody say, I am second? How do we allow God to become greater in our lives and us to become less? Well, the answer is that it is a process. It doesn't happen overnight and there's not really a formula for this. It's not A plus B equals C. It, it's kind of, there's some big rocks, there, what we call some guideposts, some big, I, I call big rocks along the journey, but it's kind of different for all of us. I just finished reading a book by a, a guy named Gary Thomas. He wrote book called Sacred Pathways. Pretty cool book. If you want to, if you're a reader, I highly recommend it. And in the book, it talks about, it talks about how, you know, there are some big rocks that we need in order to, to, to grow in this journey right? There's some big rocks that we need. One of them, we'll talk, we'll talk about the, the two of those rocks, right? But then there's some other ways that we can grow, that naturally our personalities, just our uh, tendencies, are what we like, it, there's other ways to connect. Some people like to go, I know there's a few guys in our church missing today because they're hiking in the mountains. And, you know, mountains, you go to a mountain and you just feel like God's presence is there. Some people like to go in the ocean, Nature, right? So some people connect with God in the nature. There's something about being in the nature. Some, some people, man, you put them in a library with that mildew smell, and they're just like, I'm in heaven. Give me all these books, and here I am connecting with God. And so there's different ways uh, this book, Sacred Pathways, talks about. But there are some guideposts. There's some big rocks to help us grow in this idea of becoming second. One of those ways is that we have to renew our minds, so, uh, sometimes we think that once we say yes to Jesus, that, like, everything's going to, like, click, 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 fall into place, and we're just going to be, like, this perfect, super follower of Jesus. And the truth is, it's a lot like getting married. When we get married, it's like, it's not the end, it's the what? It's the beginning. It's the beginning of this discovery of how you do life together. And it's the same way. It's the same way with when we give our lives to Jesus. When we say yes, that's just, that's not the end. It's just the beginning. And so as we do this, I, I have a quote here from Oswald Chambers. He says, never make a principle out of your experience. Let God be as original with other people as he was with you. And what that means is it's not a formula. It's not a for, it's a journey. It's kind of like like that. When we get married, the minute we say yes to Jesus, we begin this journey and we allow God to to shape us, to help us become and be able to say, you know, first it's you God, first God and then I am second. And and so we have to get deprogrammed. There's when we say yes to Jesus, we have to take some things in our minds out because all of our lives we've been bombarded with these thoughts that we are first, that it's all about us, that we're super important, that we're number one. And God is saying, no, no, we have to deprogram. There's, when you deprogram, you know, you ever cleaned out your phone because there's not a lot of space? You actually have to, it's not like you, you, you make the picture smaller, Right? you have to actually delete pictures off your phone or your computer you're like i have to delete these programs uh, it's some some things we can kind of tweak and make work but most of the time we have to deprogram we have to completely delete stuff out of our hard drive in order to make space for what god wants in our lives in in the christian walk it's called renewing our minds we have to renew our minds look at what Romans, chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see that there? Do not conform any longer to the pattern. What are the patterns? The pattern is the constant bombardment that we get to always think about ourselves, to always put ourselves first. It's what the enemy wants in our lives. Actually, it's what the enemy did. Way back when, it's what got him kicked out of heaven, in case you didn't know. And when he was in heaven, he saw God getting all the glory, and he was like, man, I would like the glory. I'm like the most beautiful angel in heaven. I would like all that glory, too. I'd like him to share some of that with me. And so he started putting himself up in prominence, and God said, "Uh uh-uh, it's not about you. Boop, and he got kicked out of heaven because he was making it about himself and so the devil once he gets to hell he's like well if I'm going to go to hell I'm going to take as many of his kids God's children with me and so what does what he does is he fills our culture with us to think about ourselves like he he goes I know how to do that because I was filled with myself so I can help people get full of themselves and if I can help them to get full of themselves there's no room for God in their life because they'll be okay. They don't need this. So the big rock here is that ultimately we're trying to renew our minds. We renew our minds. There's another verse in, in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and it says, one of the ways we renew our minds is that we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of, and every thought, um, so against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive. Can everybody say Captive. And make it obedient to Christ. You take every thought captive and you make it obedient to Christ. And as we do this, we begin this process of renewing our minds. So the challenge is that in in our culture, it's like constant, trying to get us to think about ourselves. Like some of us here, we're probably thinking about, ooh, I am hungry. Ooh, where am I going to eat after this? Ooh, I hope somebody's making food today. Ooh, I, 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 You see, it's in our culture that we're constantly thinking about ourselves, and God is inviting us into this journey to renew our minds and to put first God, and then we can be second in our lives. So listen to this quote. I love this quote by Margaret Thatcher. She said, Watch your thoughts, for they become words. Watch your words for they become actions. Watch your actions, for they become habits. Watch your habits, for they become your character. And then, and watch your character, for it will become your destiny. I love that. Watch that, watch it, because your thoughts will permeate you and it will start to affect the way we live. Our verse today is that he must become greater and we must become less. And so I want to get very practical, very street level, if you will, today. How do we do this? How do we renew our minds? How does this operate? And I think it's very important for us to know about this on a very daily basis because we know it's not a formula. We know it's not a journey. It's not necessarily going to happen overnight it's going to take time but we have to stay with it so two things number one if we want to renew our minds it involves spending time with god it's not rocket science we're going to get very simple but it's going to help us i believe today how do we spend time with god here in our church circles we call it prayer. In a couple weeks, we're going to kick off a brand new series on prayer, and I just want to let you know about it, make plans to be here. It's going to be several weeks. We're going to talk about prayer, and we have a really cool event we're going to do to culminate prayer, but this is how we renew our minds. We, we pray. We talk to God, and we let God talk to us. This is one of the big rocks that we need in our lives if we're going to develop our journey. We're going to develop in maturity of this. After we said yes to Jesus, what do we do? We got to pray. We gotta pray to God, we gotta listen, talk to him, and the other one is read his word. We have to read his word, we have to get into his word. We have to pray, and not out of a a sense of obligation. I heard a friend of mine say it like this one time, he's like, man, I love shrimp, I love shrimp, and I don't eat shrimp because I have to, Uh uh-uh. I eat shrimp because I get to, and I want to, and I love it, and that's the way God wants us to be with him. I don't have to spend time with God. No, I get to because I want to, because I, I love it. And as we spend time with God, God begins to renew our minds. He begins to deprogram the thoughts that we had before, the thoughts that are not pleasing to him. He starts to take those thoughts out, and then he starts putting his thoughts in. And so that's what happens. We, we deprogram. It's something that we get an appetite for. We desire it, and it nourishes our soul so we don't feel the sense of, oh, I got to do this. No, no, no. I can't wait to spend time with God. I can't wait to block out some time so I can hear God and, and know him. And so, you know, I remember when I first met Marie, My wife, in case you didn't know who that was. Marie, I was on, she was on Christmas break, break in between college, and I was on Christmas break in between college, and we happened to converge in the same city. Her family lived there, and my family lived there, and we happened to be at church at the same time, and I remember when we first met, it was so cool. We started hanging out, and and it was great, and and it was awesome, and by the end of of our time together, I'll go into detail some other time, but by the end of our time together, she heads back to go to college, and I had a few days left. And so what I did was I went and I spoke to her dad. Her dad worked at for an insurance company, and I, by the way, he's they're both, my in-laws are going to be here this week, they're going to be staying with me, so pray for me. No, 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 they're, they're so much fun, <laughs> they're so much fun, but we do vacations together and everything, is great. But so I went to his job, and I, I started you know chit-chatting with him, and I'm like, man, you know, I've Really enjoyed hanging out with your daughter. We've gone to coffee shops and, you know, gotten to laugh together, talk to you. I mean, I, I, you have an amazing daughter. And he was like, cool, thanks. Yeah, I kind of know. Thanks. And I was like, so, you know, how would you feel if I started a romantic relationship with her? And he looks at me. Nah, 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 nah. That's Okay. By the way, I was, I, have, I was single for a very long time, you guys, and long time. And so I've done this asking to date the daughter thing a couple times. It never goes well. Just want you to know. But just because it never goes well doesn't mean it doesn't turn out well. Hello, I got my bride. But, but, but just so you know, be prepared. It doesn't usually go well. Nah, nah, nah. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Um, In my mind, I'm thinking, wait, 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 do you know that, like, I'm done with school, I'm working on my master's, I'm, like, education, like, I'm going to be a pastor, like, do you, do I need to remind, in my mind, I'm thinking, do I need to remind, I'm a good candidate, what do you mean, no, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, why would you say no to me, like, what are you thinking, but I'm like, okay, okay. Later in my time of prayer, see, then I went to prayer, and I'm like, and I got really weird and funky, and I'm like, God, what's going on? I'm trying to do the right thing. When am I ever going to get married? How come I can't find, you know, how come these things, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm like honoring the dad, honoring the woman, like, why can't you just like hook it up, make it easy for me? And God's like, you know why? Because guess who's first? Why are you trying to talk to the dad? Because you wanted to get in good with the dad. You wanted to make it about you. And that's not what I wanted to be about. I wanted to put first, help me out. Everybody show me a hand. First God. Now you would think I would have learned that lesson, but a few years later, I am... Um, I was sitting with a guy who had the power. I was, had finished studying to be a pastor, and, and I was looking for a job, but I was working. And I was sitting with a guy who had the power to give me a job to be a pastor, my dream, since I was nine years old, in case you didn't know, FYI and I'm sitting with this guy, and we're, we're talking, and it wasn't an interview. It was just a get to know you kind of thing, but here I am. I'm like, this is my chance. Let me tell him. I went to school. went to seminary. got my Master of Divinity. I, I, I've got experience. I've been a minister. I've been blah, 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 and I'm telling him this, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, don't you want to hire me? Here I am. And he looks at me, and he's like, that's good. Keep serving. I'm like, Keep serving. Like, you don't want to hire me? Like, do you know? Like, everything. I, the package, I am. And and then what happens? Keep serving. Okay, so I go home and I get in a funky place again. God, what's going on? When am I going to be able to work? For, I want to serve you in this way. And how come, you know, I, since it's my dream, since I was, how, what, when am I ever going to? And God's like, you know why? Because it's about me again. And when you put First, God, and you're second, and then these things start to fall into place. And look where I am today, right? It's because you you, you learn, and so what happens to explain it this way, too. Like, let's say that cross over there is where Jesus is, right? And as we spend time with God, what we're doing is we're we're talking to God, we're listening to God, and and so that's how we renew our minds. Number one is that, to renew our minds, we have, to, we have to spend time with him. Number two, if you're taking notes, is that it involves daily obedience. To renew my mind, for him to become greater and I to become less, we have to, it involves daily obedience. Spend time with God and daily obedience. So when we're spending time with God, we hear what God wants to say to us, and then we have a choice to make. After we talk to God, we hear, we hear impressions. He's like, all right, here's my instructions for you today. Say you spent time with God today. Here's my instructions for you today. Then you have to make a decision. What am I going to do? Am I going to listen? Or am I just going to keep listening? Or am I going to obey? So every time we spend time with God, we hear what he wants us to say, hear what he wants to say to us, and we obey, what we do is we take one step closer to God. Listen to this verse in, second, in Romans chapter 6, verse 16. It says, Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. The writer of this book of Romans, his name is Paul, and what he's saying is, look, you're going to obey something. Something you're going to obey. Whether you want to, no, no, I'm not going to obey anything. Well, you're obeying yourself. So you're going to obey something. Whether you're going to, You have to make a decision if you're going to obey God or you're going to obey yourself. And so we have something that we're going to obey. And we have to think about that. Are we going to obey God or are we going to to obey ourselves or obey righteousness? And this is tough. This is tough because when we're in prayer and we hear what God is asking us to do, a lot of times it feels unnatural because our culture has kind of conditioned us to feel and think a certain way. And so sometimes what he asks us to do may feel unnatural. And here's how it goes. We hear God, and if we decide to obey, we spend more time with him, and we take one step closer and one step closer to to Jesus. And sometimes, you guys, as we take these steps, we listen, we pray, we obey, we hear, we take that step, we pray, we listen, we obey, we take another step. Sometimes we go a year taking all these little steps, and we look back and we're like, holy smokes, I have no idea how I got here. All I know is that I obeyed him step by step by step, and look how much closer I am to him. A year ago, I was thinking these crazy ways. Now that I've been spending time with God and hearing him and obeying him, I've taken these steps, these steps, and I'm closer and closer to God. I wrote this down. My closeness to God can be measured by the time it takes to hear God and obey him. My closeness to God is measured by the time he says go and the time I'm gone. And I thought about this, and it's so true. And, and, and I felt today that, that today there are some folks here that you feel like God has been asking you to do something, and you haven't obeyed yet. You've been like, I'm not really sure if this is God. Because that's what happens, you guys, is that we spend time with God and we hear His voice and He asks us to do something. And then we stop spending time with God and we're going about our day because we decided not to obey right away. And so we're, we're going about our day and then all these doubts start coming in. Did God really say that? Is, are, are you sure? Because if you do that, look what's going to happen if you obey. What are people going to think if you obey that, if you make that decision? And I, I wanted to, to say this today, too, that delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. We learned that lesson from Jonah and the big fish. You guys know that story? Jonah and the big fish, right? He, God had told him to go to Nineveh, and instead of going to Nineveh, he went this way, right? This is the way he's supposed to go, and he went this way. And God said, no, 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 delayed obedience is disobedience. And so it's a lesson for all of us that we can learn. It's one of the lessons in the book of Jonah. And, and so that's, that's how God wants us to spend time with him and obey him. Not to delay it, but to obey him. And we look at our lives and we see how the influence of God, once we obey him, how, how we continue to grow and we continue to think differently. You guys, sometimes... Sometimes we're we're spending time with God and we're listening to him and we're obeying him and then there's sometimes where our spirit is willing as the bible says but our flesh is weak and sometimes we just got to preach to ourselves. Sometimes we got to say no. First God, I know that my body doesn't want to listen. I know that 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 I don't want to be obedient, but first God, if I put God in his right place, and I'm second. I'm going to be obedient to what he says. Maybe there's someone here that the Lord is leading you to write a book. And you're like, man, I feel like in my time of prayer with God, he's speaking to me to write a book. But I'm not obeying yet because what if nobody reads my book? Maybe there's someone here that that God has been placing in your heart to, to start a business. You're spending time with God, and you hear, I want you to start a business. So you stop praying, and you go about your day, and you start thinking, well, what if my business fails? I haven't started the business yet, but what if the business fails? Well, what should I do? And so we hear all these voices to try to make a second guess what God wants us to do. First God. Can everybody say, first God? Maybe we're married, and we have a little bit of friction in our marriages which I just want to give you a news flash every marriage has friction. How do you think babies come from? But but just okay, okay, but just beside that, every marriage has friction. We have our issues. Every marriage has friction, all right? And so and so what happens is that we just got to stop being selfish and somebody's got to say first God. And God's going to ask me to lay down my life And so this is how we heal our marriage is when I stop acting selfish and thinking about myself, right? First, God. In this marriage, it's not about me and my needs. It's about what the Bible says for me to do, which is what? To lay down my life and serve my bride. And as I do this, guess what it becomes about? It's about first God serving our wives' ladies, It's about serving our husbands, and sometimes we have to tell ourselves, first, God, because it's not about what I want, it's about what God wants, and it starts with our thoughts, because if we can take those thoughts captives and make them obedient to Christ, to God's word, then we can control our words, then we can love better. And if we can control our words a little bit better, maybe we can change our actions and start acting a little bit different. And if we can change our actions, perhaps we can create new habits in our lives. Habits of being there for other people. Less about ourselves, right? And more about God. First, God. If we create these new habits, we create a new character. And now we're not known for always thinking about ourselves. We're known about serving and laying down our lives. And that will change our destiny. It starts in our minds with the thoughts. We have to take them captive and make them obedient to Christ. And as we do this, we begin this transformation process in our lives. This renewal. And we become less and less about ourselves and more and more about Jesus. And we simply have to look in the mirror and point the finger and say, No, no, no. I'm not going to be about me. I am second. First is God. First it's Him. This 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 is not about fulfilling my needs. It's about fulfilling God's needs. What is God what is God inviting me into today? What does He want from me? Some of us here we have an addiction that we're struggling with. And we're thinking that this addiction is not hurting anybody. Maybe you're married. And you're like, no, my little addiction, this, this isn't hurting. I, I'm not doing it when I'm around them. But what we don't understand is that this addiction is, is causing emotional hurt and abuse to our spouse and our kids. And they feel mentally and emotionally abused because we're out too late. Right? We're, and we're, we're, The reason why is because we're dealing with our addiction. And we're thinking about ourselves and our needs. And it's first God. Somebody say first God. If we serve the church, we serve the church, and in the way that we serve the church and we put God first, we're not thinking about ourselves. It helps us to die to ourselves and our own selfish desires. Sometimes we feel like, oh no, I, I I deserve to be hurt. I deserve to be bitter. But not when we go to God and we ask God, God, let me put you first in my life. Help me to put you first in my life. And then all of a sudden, this bitterness that I feel every right to have you put it at the cross, and God begins to change your heart and change your mind and renew your thoughts. Would you bow your heads and let me pray with you today? And as we pray, Father, I ask that you would just come and, and help us to be less about ourselves and more about you. Help us to put you first, first God, and then everything else will fall into place, God. We ask that you would become greater and us to become less. That as we make you number one in our lives every day, you'll show us what we're supposed to do. What are the things that we're supposed to let go of in our lives? What are the stuff that we need to renew in our minds and not keep thinking about and putting ourselves first?